Next on BYU Sports Nation, pros and cons for every legitimate BYU head basketball coaching candidate. Weigh those options. Jackson Clough joins the program. What got into the shortstop Saturday against San Diego with his nine RBI performance? And what if BYU football starts the season one and three, but the one win is against Utah? <gasps> you all right with that? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans all over the world. Tuesday, April 9th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who, quite honestly, tweets more about the Seattle Mariners in the month of April than he does about BYU. His name is Jerem Jordan. Uh, yeah, my team's winning, so I'm excited about it, you know. Uh, 10-2, and two, we're going to win the uh, April championship, which I don't think that's a thing, but I'm going to make it a thing. Because there's not going to be a championship for my team in October or November, so I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Kind of like the 3-1 and one BYU football start. I said, BYU's not the 20th best team in the country, but let's just enjoy this right now. But what if... This is the year for the Mariners, Jerem. What if a volcano erupted beneath <laughs> us? That would be a bad thing. That's quite the comparison. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's probably pretty similar. In Didn't they win the first odds. half of the season championship last year? No. Okay. They were still they were in playoff good. contention, right? Who cares about the first half? Okay. Losers, losers talk about first halves. Losers talk about April. Why do you root for the Mariners then? It's my team. I'm not going <laughs> to be a, a Red Sox fan. Just jump on the Red Sox bandwagon like a lot of people. Well, you jumped on the Seahawks bandwagon, so. I have a natural geographic tie there. <laughs> the bandwagon jump is a bandwagon jump. Right? I jumped on after. No, no, no. I jumped on after they lost a Super Bowl when they should have won it and got rid of a bunch of people. I have a geographic tie to the state. I lived in the Northwest for like 10, 11 years. Okay. Portland is not in Washington last I checked, though, right? If you're from Portland, you know that there's a connective tissue to the entire Northwest. Okay. If you know, you know. Uh, (laughs) Clearly, I don't know. But I do know about today's show lineup. A National Player of the Week in college baseball, Jackson Clough, will join us. We have a baseball roommate edition of Between the Lines. And the Cougarettes dominate again. The woman in charge of 19 national titles, Jody Maxfield, joins us. We're also in charge of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki has visited the L.A. Rams. Did it yesterday, according to Josh Norris of rotoworld.com. As a reminder, Takitaki currently ranked 109th in the pro football focus top 250 players of the 2019 NFL Draft. Baseball sophomore Jackson Clough is a collegiate baseball national player of the week and WCC player of the week as well. Last week in four games, he collected seven hits, including a grand slam and 10 RBIs to go with seven walks, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jackson Clough reached base 14 times last week. Seven hits, seven walks. Wow. Tonight, the Cougars host Utah 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital. That is the app and BYUtv.org. And BYU Radio. Utah won 8-6 last Tuesday in Salt Lake. Here's to playable weather for Utah and BYU. The softball game was canceled in Logan, so hopefully the baseball game here in Provo is played. Speaking of BYU softball, Arissa Paulson of the BYU softball team named West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week for a second consecutive week after striking out a career-high 11 batters in a game against LMU. She threw 16 innings with 14 strikeouts last week 
As Jerem just mentioned, the Cougars game tonight in Logan against Utah State has been canceled due to weather. And unruly students. And the women's track and field team moves up five spots to number 19 in the USTFCCCCA rankings. After a good performance at the Sun Angel Classic, the men hold on to the number four spot. Nice. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, we gave you the four legitimate head coaching candidates that we feel and Vanquish the Foe feels are in position to replace Dave Rose and take over the BYU basketball program. Now it's time that we dive a little deeper, Jerem, and look at the pros and cons. Let's weigh the options for each of these four guys. In fact, what is the biggest pro and con of each of the four that we think could step in? Hard to pick just one for some of these guys, so perhaps I'll pick two. Okay, Mark Pope. Let's start with him. Pro, experience. I think uh, his, his experience as a player, uh, not only in college, the NBA, uh, but his enthusiasm as well, I think, is, is a really big pro. Makes him a great recruiter. Okay, con does he have bigger goals than BYU? I don't think that's a con per se. I was trying hard to think about what's the con of Mark Pope. You could argue, okay, hasn't made the NCAA tournament at Utah Valley yet. That's New Mexico State's league, kind of like Gonzaga's, WCC's, you know, tier one team there. I, not a lot of cons for Mark Pope. I don't, I don't see a lot of cons. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know if there is a legitimate strike against Mark Pope other than does he want to be at BYU because – the coach at BYU needs to be 1 million percent all in, no regrets, because there's so much to handle with that job. Uh, as far as Mark Matson goes, the other Mark, I'd say his biggest pro are, is his NBA connections. You talk about uh, a recruiting circle that would open up and being able to say, hey, I played with the likes of Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, and I played under Phil Jackson and won NBA championships, and I know what it takes to be a winner. I played at Stanford. I went to a Final Four. I, I, I know all about that. So there is that prestige and the NBA connections that he brings. The con, well, he's never been in the modern college coaching scene, and for that matter, recruiting with all of the social media craziness. So there's some risk there in taking a a leap into Mark Madsen and saying, okay, we're going to bank on the fact that you do have these NBA connections, but does that translate down to the college game in a very unique setting like BYU? Can you recruit to BYU? Because I'm sorry, BYU isn't. Totally different beast compared to an assistant for the L.A. Lakers. We typically like uh, and prefer a BYU person at BYU, right? But that doesn't necessarily matter, right? Lavelle Edwards is not a BYU guy. He didn't go to BYU. He went to Utah State. Dave Rose went to Dixie and Houston. So perhaps uh, it could work out. Okay, Barrett Peary, pro, hair, number one. I knew that number was going brought up. JC Connections. He, he's been a uh, head coach at two different JCs, Indian Hills Community College, College of Southern Idaho. He's got the JC connections. He's been in the WCC at Santa Clara. He's been in a power com- uh, conference, Pac-12. He's been a head coach at Portland State. His, his LinkedIn resume, if you will, is ve- has a lot of variety and a lot of nice lines on it. Yeah. I, Con, I, I, limited I coaching experience, head coaching experience, two years. See, and I think we're getting nitpicky, right, with Mark Pope and Barrett Pierre. Like, I, I don't know that there is. There's a lot of pros there. Exactly. If I have to name a con, I'll name a con. But, yeah. Barrett Peary is a chameleon. He can take whatever he has, wherever he's coaching, and typically make the most out of it. I thought he did that at Portland State. Uh, you know what? Talk about a tough recruiting situation. He's doing it. He's still there. Yeah, talk about a tough recruiting situation and on being undersized and – 
uh, underestimated. He won 20-plus games his first year at Portland State with uh, a smaller group of guys, but he didn't this last year, but last year. Formulated this scheme to get the most out of his team. I like it. Okay, on to Quincy Lewis. Pros. Basketball junkie. He's a perfectionist. Like he eats, he fits in well at BYU. Then. Drinks BYU, and he knows the current construct of the team better than anyone. He knows what he's getting into because he's been living it. The con, well, he doesn't fit the mold of fresh blood, so the timing hurts. We've got this idea of oh, there needs to be new energy and new blood in this uh, coaching staff and reinvigorate the team and all this stuff. I, I the timing stinks for Quincy. And I don't know that uh, really there's a huge con. Some people say, well, he's never been a head coach at the Division One level. Dave Rose hadn't been a head coach at the Division One level. I think his resume doesn't stack up next to the other three as well. I think that's where the timing's the main issue. If he's the best candidate, then he's the best candidate. But I, I think against those other three, it's, it's going to be tough. After a dramatic overtime finish to the NCAA college basketball season, it's officially time to look forward to college football. JK, we're always thinking about college football. Hit it. Or not. <laughs> Countdown to the youths. That was like Inception happening on the BYU TV side. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Radio's like, what? Okay, Spencer, I'm going to ask you this question. Let's discuss. Okay. And uh, this is our social media question of the day. If BYU football starts one and three, oh boy. but the one win is against Utah, oh, okay. are you happy? Wow, we're really going there, aren't we? Well, it's um, April 9th. Not that happy, Jerem. I've always been a proponent of taking the better record over just beating Utah. That hasn't changed. Has BYU football really become strictly about beating Utah? I know there are people out there that say, as long as BYU beats Utah, they could lose every other game and I'd be fine. That's pathetic. I'm so far away from that mindset because I think, honestly, it's closed-minded. Beating Utah and starting 1-3 and might be okay for quite a few people in the fan base. It's, It's not okay for me, and it's not okay for anyone in the country who looks at the overall health of a program. And I can promise you this. It's not okay for Kalani Satake and the BYU coaches and all of the BYU players. So should they say, instead of breaking that with beat Utah, should they say beat the next four? If they were playing New Mexico State the first game of the season, it would be beat New Mexico State. They haven't done this typically where they call out a team in the first game. Well, maybe that's a change-up. But what I'm saying is, if it was USC, if it was Washington, it would be beat USC, beat Washington. It could be. I'm a firm believer that it would be. And and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that's what it would be. I'll take two and two in the first four of the 2019 season specifically over beating Utah 99 times out of 100. The one being if the win against Utah is some epic, unforgettable game that we'll talk about forever in the history. If BYU wins, it will probably be that. Well, because I don't know. of the streak. I don't, I don't know. Just because of where we're at. I just, I, I'll take two and two. Because we're talking about wins against the likes of USC and Tennessee. If the cost is losing to Utah and Washington to beat USC and Tennessee. Oh, I, come on. Come on. Think about that. How would you feel about it? Yeah, I wouldn't be happy if uh, BYU started one and three. Starting one and three stinks. If you start one and three, you stink. But they beat Utah and ended I, the streak. I want to beat Utah more than anybody else. You know, like as much or more than anybody else. If we're happy about one and three, we're pathetic. We're pathetic, okay? Beating Utah is the number one goal, but I think the, the realistic goal for BYU in September, sorry, first four, because it's August and September. 
uh, the first three games at least, is going 500. If you can beat two Power 5 teams in the first four, that is tremendous. Remember, BYU's got a sophomore quarterback. It's not like he's a junior or senior who's been through this. Uh, Zach Wilson has played against, what, one Power 5 team? And it was Utah. He's about to play four in a row. This is going to be a tough hoe, right? Um, I think that if BYU beats Utah, they can get one more and go, you know what, that was a good start to the season. Don't limit yourselves, BYU fans, to beating Utah and that's all that matters. Don't do that. It's not worth it. I know that eight in a row has happened and it hurts. And the way that BYU has lost some of these I games. I feel like the piano music should be playing right bearable. now. Yeah. And I know that you've got Steve from accounting, or whatever his name is. <laughs> well, yeah, what's our Ute fan name again? I can't remember. <laughs> Shut up, Daryl. Daryl from accounting. You got Daryl breathing down your neck. Nine is coming. Literally, because he's a mouth breather. Nine is coming. Okay? You got that guy. Winter's coming. It is so annoying. <laughs> but if you ask anybody that matters in college football, outside of the BYU-Utah bubble, if the Cougars go two and two or three and one, and the one loss is to Utah, what they think about BYU? They're oh, not going to be like, one? "Oh, I can't believe I that BYU lost to Utah," or even two and two. Yeah, hey, you- really solid program wins against Tennessee and Washington or Tennessee and U- uh, USC. I think BYU is headed in the right direction. If you said BYU was three and one, but the cost was a one hundred point loss to Utah, I would take it right yes. now. A million times out of like a million. Two hundred twenty-three, the NCAA record to zero. I would take it right yep. now. Yes. Yes. Don't limit yourselves, BYU fans. Don't, as Jason Shepard would say, stoop to that level. (laughs) I would say that's Utah State mentality, but they went 11-2 last year and won the state championship. It'd be great for BYU to win the state championship this year, wouldn't it? Uh, In the shadows of a national championship game last night, that was really entertaining. Virginia and Texas Tech going to overtime. The Cavaliers, uh, the cardiac Cavaliers, we should call them, uh, in cahoots with a team of NCAA officials, some people think. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not, come on. I'm not buying into that. They won. It was crazy how it all worked out. They're the national champions. Congratulations to uh, the Cavaliers. Jerem, that got us thinking, all right, what's the next BYU team that will win a national championship? Clearly, clearly it is one team, and it is landscaping. Okay. We had them on here. All right. And then it's the Cougarettes. Okay. Uh, They've already we, done it, right? Wait, the question is which team will win the next one? Um, there is a top five team on campus. This is where I'm going. Men's track and field Yes. Team. Or cross country. That It's basically one the long-distance runners, right, within track yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think we undervalue how good that team is. They took number two in cross country, so they were right there. One of those two. Somebody from the track and field component on the men's side is going to win a national championship next. I think next year in volleyball that the men's team has a chance because Pepperdine's going to lose some big guns. UCLA does. And Long Beach State loses a bunch of theirs. So does Hawaii. So I think that there's there's going to be talent there. But BYU, if they get another big gun or two, they're in the mix. That'd be quite a jump for BYU given the struggles that they've had. Well, in 15, they stunk. And then in 16, 17, and 18, and they went to the... NCAA Final Four. Man. So, it, it, one-off year. Boo-hoo. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, in year. 15, did BYU go, what, 1-8 and eight on the road, 2-7 no, on the road? No, but they lost a quarterfinal. Like, they, if they lose Saturday, it's like, yeah, whatever. They had a home quarterfinal. They weren't in content. No, it was a road quarterfinal. Oh, it was a road quarterfinal. Okay. Yeah, no, BYU does not lose MPSF tournament matches at home. Man, just, oh, man. Does, like, 2011's the last loss. Does BYU women's volleyball have a shot? I, 
at the national championship. Yes. Um, with no I, Ronnie Jones Perry, I, but a I, bunch they, of people, a bunch of talent coming back. Of course they do. Yeah. Uh, will they? Will there be Final Four good? Perhaps. I don't know. They'll be Sweet Sixteen or Elite. Elite. Elite Eight good. If they get a big gun or two, perhaps. Yeah, if it's not men's cross country, my next thought was maybe BYU women's volleyball. They're the best team on campus uh, in terms of sustained success. Men's cross country is kind of your number one program at the moment. I know that many of you hope that BYU football can Besides join. Besides Cougarettes, sorry. <laughs> BYU football can join the conversation of becoming one of the best teams in the country. Our question of the day, if BYU football starts the season one and three. Good grief. But the one win is against Utah. Oh. How how happy are you? Measure your happiness. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Ames Flames in on Twitter. I'd be okay. BYU has one heck of a September schedule. As long as BYU breaks the streak against Utah, I won't shed any tears. Maybe. Hashtag football is life. Hashtag BYUSN, hashtag Beat Utah. Continue to weigh in whether you're rational or not. Coming up, <laughs> shortstop Jackson Clough returned from his mission last June. Now he's trying to get BYU into June. The West Coast Conference Player of the Week joins us next. How much are the Cougars out for revenge tonight? Is that a thing? When it's a rivalry, you better believe it is. This is BYU Sports Nation. The Spudsman's with Spuddy Buddy. Look at that. Yes, he is. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU and Utah go at it tonight on the Diamond for the second time this season. Watch or listen tonight on BYU TV Digital. That's the app or BYUtv.org and BYU Radio at 8 Eastern Time. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch it anytime you want, BYUSN.com. Joining us in Studio B once again, and this is, uh, I feel like, going to become a common theme, Jackson Clough of BYU Baseball, because, frankly, Jackson, you've been really, really awesome this year. So, one, congratulations, and two, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. It's been a month. That flew by. And and the last time we were talking to you, you were the third baseman. You were kind of moving around a little bit. Now you're the starting shortstop. Uh, what's changed for you in the last month? You know, it's it's an interesting team, I and mean, we got a lot of guys that can play different positions, and I kind of knew that going in. I didn't really know if I'd stick at, at each one. So as the lineup fluctuates and different guys get shots, just kind of ended up. I've moved over to a short, and a couple other guys have filled in at second and third. So it's been fun, though. Are you working on a mustache? Is that a mustache? Come on, don't put it on TV. They can't even see it. Give me, give me what? Do we two, need to zoom in? To two see weeks it and, for, and some just for men. There's a mustache that I will be ready to go. Give hey, me two Jackson's weeks. working on a mustache. I like it. A few years ago, there was the mustache mafia on this yeah. team, which you, I think you were a part of, right? In 2016? Was, yeah. Yeah, so you're trying to bring that back? I'm trying to bring it back, man. There's just some good mojo. I was going through some, you know, the Instagram memories pop up. Uh-huh. There's a picture of me posted a couple of times. Like, Damn, that's a good-looking mustache. <laughs> it, took me, it took me a while then, so it's going to take me a while still. Two years, still pretty rough. But Patience we'll, we'll, is everything we'll in this matter. We'll get there. Okay. This is honor code approved. It is, quote, well-groomed. Yes. And it won't go past the corners of the, yeah, the mouth, exactly. even right. if I tried. You can, <laughs> that's a good Keep problem, your honor, man. Jackson, yeah. okay? Because uh, you're dishonorable if it goes past your lip. <laughs> How did you find out you were one of the national players of the week in college baseball? I was actually hitting BP yesterday, and we we turned up the machine on the field to like it's I don't know like ninety, and like just working on like being on time for a fastball, and I just swung and missed for like five pitches, and I walk out of the cage, and Coach Lou was like, "Oh, congrats on being you know national player of the week or something like that." I was like, "Man, okay, 
Good to know. I guess wow. that's, I guess that's how it works. Like, I don't feel like it. I just yeah. missed five fastballs. <laughs> Seriously, it was terrible. <laughs> it was bad. Well, it was uh, a heck of a week. And I know that as a team, you wanted to win more. You lost to Utah. You, you won Saturday. So you went one and three in the week. But individually, um, you reached base 14 times. Seven walks, seven hits. I mean, uh, walk us through your plate approach last week. You know, I think last week I saw a lot more off-speed than I've typically seen throughout the year. And so, that being said, a lot of times I'd come up with runners in scoring position in, in like, all the games. Um, My teammates are getting on base. And so, you know, it's a lot more off-speed. And, you know, it's a lot harder for pitchers to throw strikes when they're trying to feed you a lot of off-speed. So, I was seeing a lot of pitches out of the zone. And so, that's probably why I had so many walks last week. But, um I went deep in a lot of counts, like a lot of full counts, a lot of two-strike um, approach, and so I was just trying to put the ball in play, really, and worked out for me a couple of times. And one of those was a grand slam? Yeah, that was the one time I didn't actually have two strikes on me last week, I think, and the bases were loaded, and he tried to throw two off-speed pitches, and they were out of the zone, so then 2-0, full count, he's got nowhere else to put me, so I knew he was going to come with a fastball, and I got one, and was on time, and worked out. Did you know it was gone when you hit it? Yeah, I knew it was gone just because it's a pretty short porch in, in, in San Diego. I think it's like 327 down the line or something like that. And I know he hit pretty well. So the right fielder kind of deked me, though. He looked like he had a beat on it. And I was like, really? Like That is a long fly <laughs> out. Let, let me enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So. Nine RBIs in that game. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had a game like that before? No, I know I haven't, but... Hey, they, they said National Player of the Week. They should have just made National Player of the Day because I got all my stats in one day. <laughs> should have given it to someone else who had to put together a whole week. Jackson Clough of BYU Baseball, the National Player of the Day. That's right. On Saturday. On Saturday. <laughs> There's this idea that the baseball looks bigger when you're on a really hot streak as a hitter. How much truth is there to that? Zero truth. There is zero truth to that. <laughs> the baseball is still moving, and it's still hard to be on time. So I think... A lot of it has to do, I mean, success in baseball, I mean, some of it's luck, some of it's um, pitchers making mistakes, and some of it's you putting a a good approach and a good at-bat together. And so I think all those kind of just combined with my ability to get on base last week, had a little bit of each in each situation. Did you grow up a Cougar fan? Yeah. So did you grow up uh, enjoying kind of the rivalry with BYU and Utah? Because tonight is part two this year. Yeah, I've always had a, a very passionate dislike for the U. I'll say that. Okay, what's your first memory of the rivalry? First memory? Oh, I remember I was watching the, I can't remember what year, but we watched the the football game where it came down to the, the last play. I can't remember if they went for two or if it was a touchdown, but it was a John Beck was back running around, back Harleen over there, he catches it on his knees. Yeah, that was, that was probably my first memory that I'm like, okay, let's go. I hate these guys. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old were you in 06? 10. You were 10 years old. old. Good yeah. grief. Yeah. Me and my dad are chest bumping up in the, the, the living room, and my mom's just shaking her head. <laughs> I was so into it. Oh, I yeah. would cry when they lost. Yeah. That's like how it was. Well, you should see the two of us after, <laughs> after a game now. Yeah. Describe what it's like to play in the <clears throat> baseball version of this, because the, the story goes in 1895 they met, and it ended in a 0-0 tie with a bench-clearing brawl. Could we see that tonight? I wish. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's fun just because, you know, going through the recruiting process, you know the coaches on the other side, you know a lot of the players. I mean, most of the players on Utah's team I played against and I know, and so it's just it's just fun. It's just a, it's a true rivalry because everyone knows each other and we want to win. We want to be the best team in this state, so it's fun. And Utah won last week. Yeah, we don't now have to talk about Provo, it. Now it's in Provo, though. 
Yeah. Round two of three. That's right. Okay. Yeah, how much does that kind of work its way into the psyche of how you prepare for a game tonight, knowing that you let one get away in Salt Lake City last week? You know, I mean, I think it's different with every team, but I think this year has been pretty good. Obviously, it was really frustrating last week when we lost, but it was like, I mean, they got more clutch hits than we did, and we didn't, hats off to them, they played well, but we feel like we didn't play to the best of our ability, and so I think we're pretty confident moving forward. I think they're a team that we can handle pretty well. How do emotions play into how you approach a game? Because in baseball, there's so many games, so it might feel less emotion or, or more emotionless because, like, hey, I have a job to do and we got to do it with more volume than other sports. Football, you can take it out, right? Physically. Mm-hmm. So, baseball, how do you harness that emotion into an effective play in a game? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point because baseball is a lot different than, you know, basketball and football is always constant going and you want that adrenaline going. Um, for me, that's been a big thing is figuring out how to slow that down. Coach Littlewood and Coach Pratt are always telling me, you know, you know, slow things down. Just play at your pace and, and figure out a way to do that. And so I think that's really what makes you successful in baseball if you're able to just – because at the end of the day, when you're up to bat, it's a one-on-one versus you and the pitcher. I mean, it's still a team sport, but it comes down to your preparation versus his. And so I think the more successful you are, the, the better you are able to, you know, slow things down and just stay within your approach. It is an interesting uh, team versus individual dynamic for sure. Uh, When you look at what the team has accomplished and ranked number 24 last week in one of the major polls, what matters more to you, a national ranking or working on that RPI to try and position for potential inclusion in the NCAA tournament? Oh, without a doubt, the RPI, because our first, our first goal is to, to win the West Coast Conference, the regular season, and the, the tournament. But if something goes wrong there, you want to position yourself where, with your strength of schedule and the important road wins and, and playing well at home, that you have a good RPI so you can get in that large bid. Because at the end of the day, what the riders have to say and what the rankings say, they don't really mean anything. So. But what we have to say means a lot, right? Of course. We, BYU <laughs> baseball values your opinion very much. Thank you. So Thank you. Wherever you put it. us, that's very that's But not the writers. Who cares about the writers? Well, let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Good luck yes. tonight against Utah. Yeah. You can watch or listen uh, here, uh, BYU TV Digital, BYU Radio. And uh, we're looking forward to the next segment, Between the Lines features you that's and your roommates. That's right. You nervous? Yeah, I don't really remember what I said. <laughs> We're about to find out. We're about to find out. Yeah. About to find out. Now, we gave the karma to your coach, Mike Littlewood, last week, and he was great. He was great on the base pass. This is for you and the team. Okay. okay. We Go need take it. Take care of business team. tonight. Yes. Big you one the team. Looking forward to it. Thanks it, for coming in, man. Perfect. We'll thanks. see you in another month. All righty. <laughs> okay, coming up, the Cougars continue their national dominance. Jody Maxfield joins us. And next, as promised, Lauren McLean joins us in studio. What did uh, Jackson Clough do? say and what did she learn about BYU baseball tell us Lauren after the break this is BYU Sports Nation welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Tuesday let's keep it rolling with today's headlines former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki visited the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis yesterday what according to Josh Norris of rotoworld.com we told you yesterday, but let's remind you again. Taki Taki currently ranked 109th in the Pro Football Focus Top 250 Players of the 2019 NFL Draft. Baseball sophomore Jackson Clough, who joined us last segment, is a collegiate baseball national player of the week. He would have preferred to be just Saturday. Player of the day. And West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Last week in four games, he collected seven hits, including a grand salami and 10 RBIs to go with seven walks. Tonight, BYU and Utah Baseball, 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital and BYU Radio. Utah won 8-6 last Tuesday in Salt Lake. 
Clough reached base 14 times last Incredible. Week. That is nuts. Arissa Paulson of BYU Softball named WCC Pitcher of the Week for the second week in a row after striking out a career-high 11 batters against LMU. She threw 16 innings, 14 strikeouts over the week. Cougars' game tonight against Utah State, according to Jason Shepard, is just in, has been postponed due to a cattle drive gone horribly bad. Hey, those go south quick. Apparently, weather may have also played a role in this decision, oh too. My God. <laughs> we got a broken cattle guard again playing no softball. The women's track and field team moves up five spots to number 19 in the U.S. TFCCA rankings. After a good performance at the Sun Angel Classic, the men still number four. If some Jackson Clough is good, more is better, right? And with that said, we know he can play ball, but it's time to get to know some things about Jackson and his roommates that we might not know, which is why we bring in our Between the Lines specialist, Lauren McLean. Thank you. Between the Lines specialist, I like the sound of that. Whether you guys like it or not, roommates get to know a lot about each other. I don't know if you guys remember when you had roommates back in old 90... 90- I have a roommate right now. She's my wife. <laughs> That's true. You do have roommates now. Yeah. When you were in college, though. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I remember. It's been a while. Crazy wild time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You get I to know... I remember those days. <laughs> back in the day when... You get to know the good, the bad... Uh-huh. And the ugly. So Jackson Clough, Danny Jelilich, and Brian Call have been roommates for quite some time. Are you saying they're the good, the bad, and the ugly? I don't. I I don't know. Oh, You'll okay. have to find out here in just a little bit. But uh, they uh, told us some in-depth questions or answered some in-depth questions for okay. us that only roommates would know. Mm-hmm. So let's go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. I'm Brian Call, a freshman infielder from Mission Viejo, California. I'm Jackson Clough, a sophomore infielder from Meridian, Idaho. Danny Jellich, sophomore outfielder from Laverne, California. All right, guys, so we know that roommates get to know each other pretty well. How long have you three been roommates? Um, since August, so the beginning of last semester. Feels a lot longer than it's really been. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So you guys really know each other well, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would think so. Probably too well. <laughs> uh, that's what I like to hear. We're going to put that to the test. Okay, you guys ready? So I, we're going to ask you some questions. You're going to use your gloves to point at whoever the answer is, okay? All right. Here we go. Question number one. Who sings the loudest in the shower? Brian. Brian. Hands <laughs> really? down. Really? Oh, yeah. Brian, yes. what's your what's your go-to song? Right now I'm into Ariana Grande. Big I like Ariana Justin Grande Bieber. Fans. He just likes it. Blasts it all the time. <laughs> That's how it goes. Number two, who is the messiest? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mom. How come? What what happens? Uh, is it dishes? Is it laundry? Dishes. It's probably Hands all down dishes. Above. I just get a little busy, get carried away. Wow. I've been better. I've been better. He's making He's improvements. Better, yeah. I will Good say job. that. Hey, that's what making it's about. Connor's been on you. Small yeah, strides. Small steps forward. Who has the coolest hidden talent? Jelly. Yeah, what is it? The smolder. The Ooh. smolder. Yeah, he's got, just watch him after every pitch. He stares up in the mountains. <laughs> I didn't know that was a talent. I didn't know that was a talent. Did you know you had a smolder? Have you heard about this? No. I'm, maybe it's that hidden. He knows. Who is the ladies' man of the apartment? Oh, ho, ho, ho. they're both pointing at you. Guilty Jackson as charged. They're both pointing at you. <laughs> Who's the most embarrassing at dance parties? <laughs> Honestly, we all, all can't. Like, we, we're not the biggest dancers. Really? No, definitely not. Jackson's like, got some moves. Little stiff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who is the most competitive? 
Jackson and Brian. Me and Brian get into it pretty good. Yeah, we've had some ping pong ping games pong. go ping pong a little too intense. Two. Well, I've witnessed Christy. Jackson playing ping pong. That was embarrassing. I don't talk <laughs> talk about that. Who's the mom of the apartment? Connor. 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 Yeah, it's not even any of us three. Connor. Connor, Connor Harding? Yeah. yeah. He's got food. The decorations. Made. He bought yeah. some cleaning supplies. He's always giving us advice. Did you say he puts up decorations too? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. His mom helps him a lot, but when the girls come over, he takes credit for it. <laughs> Who spends the most time getting ready? I'd say Clough. No way. No, Danny. <laughs> Danny will change outfits like once or twice That's not see true. Him, and then he'll go out. Look good, feel good, play good. <laughs> That's how I see it. I think I heard a blow That's dryer a in there the other day. Yeah, he does have a blow dryer. How long? Do you even have hair? Yeah, I've got long hair. It's just oh, oh, you do. You do have... It's just, it's in the hat. I love that you're like, no, but I mean, look good, play good. <laughs> Can't deny it. Who is the best cook? Ooh, Jackson. I'd say Clough. What's your go-to? Fajitas. Oh, those are good. Man, those are really good. Thank you, guys. They're very good. <laughs> yeah. Last you, time I made them, they didn't make, they didn't help me clean them up, though, so. <laughs> well, you know, Brian's not going to. Yeah, yeah. Brian, exactly. We've already established that. <laughs> Who is the worst driver? I'd say Brian. Oh, sorry, Brian. <laughs> He's the California boy that complains about all the Utah drivers, but then does the same thing. He comes in the apartment. I hate when people don't use their blinker. The next day I'm with him, he turns into our apartment complex, no blinker, just cruising. <laughs> right Who is the best baseball player? Ooh. I'm going to go Jackson. <laughs> They're the best. Oh, good job, guys. Good job. All pointing at each other. So how do you feel like being roommates has affected the camaraderie on the team? I mean, we all, we're all pretty close as a team, but yeah. we kind of spend time with other people, and so it, it doesn't create like this click on the team. It's like we're not always together. You know, the other day out at second base, I look to my, my right, I see Jackson out in center field, I see Danny. It's just it's kind of awesome to play with your roommates and have a good time with them. So Hey, that's all we got for you. Good work, Alrighty. guys. That was some good information. What, was it accurate? Was it accurate, Jackson? It was accurate. Jack, it was accurate. He's still in, in here. Yeah, he He's still in the studio. Yeah, Listen. He approved. All right. Well, good luck tonight against Utah. Next week on Between the Lines, it's going to be another Har and Lar. We're going to take a football player nice. to class and get to know him in the meantime. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL using the hashtag BYU BTL. I never really had roommates that were in the middle. I either really enjoyed them or I was like, Good riddance at the end of the semester, <laughs> right? Never talk to me again. So I never moved until I got married when I was in college. I had the same roommates the entire time I was Did you BYU. pick your roommates? How many years? Two and a half years. Two and a half years? Yeah. And you got to pick them? You got to pick your roommates? Yeah. Shout out to Hello. Jeff Johnson, currently in the Las Vegas area. He, so he played basketball at Utah Valley University and would tell me about how Ronnie Price would dunk on him every day in practice. Amazing, right? the inside scoop. Roommates do serve a purpose. <laughs> no, I'm just Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lauren. Good stuff. (laughs) Okay, coming up, what uh, cougar hits his first dinger in triple? Ooh, okay. And Jody Maxfield joins us. She's in charge of the Cougarettes. Oh, yeah. Doing a lot of national championships. Like 19 in the last two decades. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, what's better, beating Utah or winning 19 national championships? Both sound good to me. Mm-hmm. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, and YouTube. Our question of the day, if BYU football starts the season 1-3, and three, but the one win is against Utah, <laughs> how happy are you? I haven't really gotten to too many responses. I'm anxious to hear what people have Brent Robinson answers on Facebook. Don't hang your hat on one game. Thank you, Brent. Even though it is Utah, concentrate on every game. Utah, Washington, USC, etc. Have a great season. Yeah, yeah. No, Utah is certainly a bigger game than any of the others, but not at the cost of three. Come on. You can join the conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now in Studio B. It's a three-guest day if we can't Lauren McLean. Let's do it. Three-guest day. She's a national champion times 19. Director of the Cougarettes, Jody Maxfield. Jody, welcome to oh, the Jody. show. Great to have you on the show. First time, right? Yeah, first time. What an honor. I'm like in this place that I look at all the time. <laughs> sorry it took us. Cool. Yeah, sorry it took us so long. Yeah. yeah, thank you. You've got a busy schedule, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. And we're, we're going to dive into uh, the details of that in just a minute. But when I say 19 national titles, what comes to mind? A lot of hard work. I mean, those things do not come easy. I mean, as with any win, you know, any great win, it's a lot of time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears. And these dancers, especially this year, have put in so much time. It's, it's something that they dreamt about from day one. They have plotted out their entire year to make this happen. I mean, they literally have made it happen. And they have done the hard work to make it so. And you're fresh off of what, jazz and hip-hop, right. NDA, D1 championships yep. in, yep. I guess, Daytona? In Daytona Beach, yep. How, I guess, uh, describe the performance, and did you, re- after the performance, do you think, yes, that's the one we won? Or does it take a minute? You have <laughs> well, to wait for the judges? Yeah, you know, you have to wait for the judges, and you never know, because dance team um, is subjective judging. You don't get so many points for doing, you know, four pirouettes or whatever, it's all subjective. And so we can think we've done the most perfect routine. And they'll come back and say, by a slim margin of less than one one-hundredth of a point, and we'll be in second place. So that's happened to us many times. But this year, we felt like we had it. Like I said, the girls have put in a lot of work. So after their prelims, they ended up in first place. Um, Texas Tech was our big competition last year. They beat us last year. And um, they were in second. So we were feeling really good about our jazz routine. Had no idea. Um, I mean, you know, you feel more comfortable after you've been on the stage once. So coming back to finals, they, they felt like they had it, but they nailed that routine. In fact, they got 99 out of 100. Hey, congratulations, Texas Tech on finishing second again. Twice. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't help myself. Jody Maxfield, director of the Cougarettes, with us on BYU Sports Nation. How do you handle the pressure and anxiety of those moments watching the Cougarettes perform? You know, I've always said it's easier to dance on the stage than it is to be a coach because you hope that you have done everything possible to prepare them for that moment, that you have gone through every scenario that could possibly happen. You've talked them through every exact placement of arms, legs, heads, all of that. And then you just kind of have to take a deep breath and say a lot of prayers. (laughs) 
<laughs> watch them on stage. But honestly, I had more fun watching those girls this this year, especially in hip hop. I've never seen a team in finals bring it to the stage mm. like these girls did in hip hop. And it's outside. It's a really unique situation for hip hop. It's out on what they call the band shell there in Daytona Beach. So you have the sun shining down on you and the winds blowing. And there's just so many distractions. If you, you allow yourself to be distracted, you can easily be distracted. And those girls zeroed in. In fact, watching them, um, Louisville's our biggest competition in hip hop and has been for years. And they were in third place, came off the stage and they were trying the intimidation factor. I think they were right behind my team that was getting ready to go up on stage and they were cheering. That's the best we've ever done, screaming and everything. And my girls were having a love fest. I mean, they were going around hugging each other. We got this. We got this. I don't even think a lot of them knew that they were there. They were so in the zone and they got up there on stage and literally their energy was through through the roof from start to finish. It was one of the coolest things. I told him, I hope I never forget that yeah. moment because it was priceless. I have visions of Bring It On, the movie coming. I, I was just going right to say, now. this yeah. is like the drama of the It movies, is, right? yeah. yeah. exactly. Now, For sure. 19 national championships. What has gone into the success of this group? Because we like to joke around like, oh, every year they win the national title. But winning is awesome, and it's mm-hmm. awesome every time. So yeah. what's gone into this this run of domination? You know, I think it is, I've been really blessed to get a lot of incredible talent. Utah is very strong in the dance world. And so, you know, not all of my dancers are from Utah, but I would say the majority of them are. These girls have wanted to be cougarettes, the majority of them, since they were little, and they have trained to be so. So when they come to me, they come with a lot of talent. They come with a desire to be the best. And, you know, they are all... Most of them have been like front row, the star dancers on their high school teams or in their studios. So I get to put them all together and create just like a magic team. And every year it's always fun to see the personality and, you know, how they how they bring it forward. But like I said, this year's team was on a mission from day one. It was like last year was so disappointing to have two seconds. So they were like, that's not going to happen this year. Listen, I thought the hairography was outstanding. (laughs) It was, wasn't it? It's a real thing. (laughs) It's a real thing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cody with us, director of the Cougarettes. Not all championships are created equal. The NDA National Championships in Daytona are kind of like that elite tier one. Because you right. can, a lot of dance teams can say, hey, we won a national championship. But this is kind of the elite of the elite. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. We compete against some incredible um, programs from around the country. And, you know, we just feel really honored that we're recognized as the best of the best. And you feel that when you get there. And we have so many teams that we compete against who say, we've looked up to you, we've looked up to you and admired you for years. We pattern our program after you. I mean, that's pretty cool when your you know, competitors are saying those kind of things to you and cheering when you win, that they're so excited that you won. And I mean, even I brought our score sheet because we had judges, I've never had this happen, who just said, it was hard for me to write any comments to look away from the beauty that you put on that stage. That was in jazz. I mean, you know, just things like that, that doesn't happen. So they definitely made an impact. That picture that was just on the screen, I love it. It's the one from hip hop where they are so elated. I mean, you see the girls smacking the ground, you know, just so excited because, you know, a lot of them experienced the disappointment from last year. And I'll tell you, it's way better to win. Mm -hmm. You guys have been viral several times with Cosmo. So Mm -hmm. what, 
What's what's that experience been like? And are you guys the ones that help with the dancing with? Yeah, Cosmo? are you Cosmo's choreographer? Yes, we are. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. In fact, um, it was my suggestion that we bring Cosmo in to dance with us a couple of years ago. My captains created the choreography, and then we bring Cosmo in teach him the video, um, give him uh, a copy of it so that he can go and practice that. He has to learn it really quickly because the Cougarettes pick up choreography like that, and we expect that Cosmo learns it as quickly, and then we put it together with him. We practice it a couple of times, and there you go. We're out on the field. So, yeah, we've been fortunate that we've had some really great dancers who are Cosmo that can Mm -hmm. keep up and hang with the Cougarettes. But, yeah, the choreography comes from my captains 100%. When you're ready to do an NC, throwback. I, I, You're there? I, I'll get in on that. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> no, I understand there is a, a Team USA aspect happening yes. now within the Cougarettes. There's yeah. a coach in town. What's the deal there? What, what's happening with that? Okay, this is so cool. So every year, um, USA Cheer chooses a dance team to represent. Well, they choose three. There's Palm, there's Jazz, and there's Hip Hop. So they choose one dance team in the country, one college dance team that is representing the US national team so this year BYU got chosen to be the hip-hop team wow so we have that coach in town right now she's going to be working with us we're going to make a couple of adjustments to our routine that we competed with at college nationals so it'll be a little bit more competitive on an international stage but yeah we're competing against countries from around the world and um, they haven't won in hip hop for about three years, so we're on a mission to bring the gold home to the USA. Fantastic. Wow. Where yeah. and when does this happen? This happens in Orlando, Florida, in about two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, yeah, two weeks. They tone it to Provo, back to Orlando. Orlando, wow. back to Provo, and wow. then three weeks from then we head to China with the BYU Spectacular. So. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a busy yeah. schedule. Busy hey, schedule. Good flyer miles for everyone. Right. Yes. And let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma and the, and the team. It's some good luck. Absolutely. So two we weeks need in it. Orlando. Okay, we'll yep. be paying attention. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, we would love for you to sign our uh, Sailor Cougar. I would love to. What a thrill. We a 19-time national champion signature. Awesome. Okay, thanks, Jody. Jody Maxfield with the Cougarettes. Thank you. Coming up, who's the newest team to be ranked on campus? Plus, a rise and shout-out to a couple of Cougar fans repping the Y at the NCAA National Championship game last night. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Jackson Clough, a National Player of the Week for college baseball. He and the Batcats take on Utah tonight. And Jody Maxfield, 19-time National Champion Director of the Cougarettes. If you missed any of the show or you want to watch it again, you can download the podcast or go to BYUSN.com. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Sione Takitaki met with the L.A. Rams yesterday, according to Josh Norris of RotoWorld.com. Baseball. Sophomore Jackson Clough, as mentioned, Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week and the WCC Player of the Week. In four games, Clough collected seven hits, including a grand slam, had ten total RBIs, nine in one game, and seven walks, reached base 14 times. Tonight, the Cougars host Utah 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital and BYU Radio, trying to avenge last week's loss. Softball. Marissa Paulson is the WCC Pitcher of the Week for the second week in a row after striking out a career-high 11 against Lemu. For the week, she threw 16 innings, 14 strikeouts. The game at Utah State in Ogden, checked out Logan, was canceled due to weather.
track and field. The women's track and field team at Brigham moves up five spots to number 19 in the USTF CCCA rankings after a solid performance at the Sun Angel Classic. The men holding strong at the number four spot. Two top 20 teams. Volleyball. Just wait. The Cougars fall a spot to number 12 in the ABCA Top 15 poll. After a loss at Grand Canyon last week, Saturday, BYU plays at Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinals. Sports. <laughs> I love that Sports. one so much. BYU cheer finished their season with a record of 3-2. and two. You think, huh? Well, ranking them number six in the country in the new stunt division competition, which focuses on technical components of cheer. Cougars in the minors. I wish they were, like, stunt people in movies or something. That'd be awesome. Brendan Lund. Went two for four with a double in his first career triple-A home run in a 9-4 loss to the Albuquerque Isotopes. Ah, yes. Today's rise and shout-outs for me. Jerem goes to at Zach Jinger, Zach Jensen, on Twitter, who tweeted at us and said, probably the only one sporting the Y at the national championship game in Minneapolis. Also, Zach, your friend has an elite beard happening in this picture. Like a bird nest in oh there, a couple goodness. poking their head out. Incredible going, stuff. Yeah. yeah, so thanks for sending in that tweet, and thanks for repping the Y at the biggest of big games in college basketball. Hopefully there'll be a lot more of us at that game at some yeah. point. That'd be great. Mine goes to Virginia. Three crazy comebacks, some aided by the refs, some not, right? Down three with five seconds left in the Elite Eight versus Purdue. Down four with 17 seconds left in the Final Four versus Auburn. And down three with 12 seconds left for Texas Tech. Nuts. Just insane. The Cardiac Cavaliers, for sure. Our question of the day, back to football. Because why? College basketball is over. and We never have to justify why we discuss football on this we're show. We're only 142 days away from game number one. Come on. If BYU football starts the season one and three, but the one win is against Utah, how happy are you? Happy are we? At Connor Peepo thirty on Instagram answers honestly I'd rather have I'd rather BYU have a successful season and be ranked over having a Utah win and you can have both people yes you can the elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating fifty years at Cade.Goodman3, also on Instagram if BYU beats Utah they should beat USC and Tennessee should? because Utah's better than both of those teams well in theory Washington was worse than Wisconsin BYU didn't like it doesn't always work like that but I, I get your point listen. The first four games are really hard. My realistic goal for BYU is to win two. Win two of those games because three are at home. I don't know which two, but win two, okay? Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time despite three guests. Apparently didn't have time for four. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Ron Sisler, who holds the record for RBIs in a game for BYU baseball. Sisler? 11. He did it in 1987. Go get lunch at Sisler. Speaking of baseball, seats and out of the digital platforms, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain for the Batcats and Utes. Go Cougs. Sisler.